So today we have in the studio with us Joanne O'Connor. Joanne, welcome. Thank you very much. How are you? Good. I'm very excited because we have been liaising back and forth for quite a while. In fact, the first time we met was Cyber Ireland launch in Cork. Yes, in yeah. May. Yeah, yes. that was it. You mentioned first podcast. Time. Delighted to have you here. For people who are not familiar, you're based in Galway. So a lot of listeners would be in Dublin at the moment. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in cyber? Based in Galway, as you said, yep. I work in training and education and communications. That's my job. Came from years ago, for about seven years, I did service delivery and project management mostly. And I did that for a couple of years and then I decided to move away from it and I did a Scrum Master certification course. And my team this time did service delivery, but we kind of diversified coincidentally after I did the Scrum Master course. So I came back and I was certified and I wanted to use it. And all of a sudden our team moved into application development. So it was very coincidental and we decided to use Scrum and Agile methodology, basically. So I was newly qualified as a Scrum Master. So it was all very coincidental and I offered to be a Scrum Master. So I did that for a while and our team was quite small. So we swapped around roles a little bit, which was good. Then I became a product owner for a little bit. And then also probably at the same time, I also used to do our UX and UI design. So again, I kind of just taught myself. I did it on the side, taught myself like balsamic mock-ups and wireframing and then I kind of became the UI design person for the team as well so I kind of did all of those roles because the team was quite small so that was what I did just before security and actually I really enjoyed that job when I left it was probably the happiest I'd been in a long time my career service delivery was good but it just didn't get all the creative juices going that I would like and um, so actually it was a really nice mix because you were doing some of that product owner you were interfacing with customers it was project management but then I got to do the creative bit of my job which is what I really, really enjoy. And then a job came up internally in our company. We have a cyber defense center, but obviously they were growing out and out. And the job was for a training manager. And at the time, I think as most people do, I was like, yes, this sounds totally up my street. Did not think I would get it. You do that thing, you go, you look through the list of the job spec and you're like, I don't have that, I don't have that, I don't have that. And it's the old cliche, women go, if I don't have all those things, I'm just not going to get it. I remember I kept looking at the top, it was the top one and I was like, that must be the most important thing on the list and I don't have it. And I was like, I'm definitely not going to get it. Someone who was internal was like, it's okay. It's sort of a wish list and I think that is fun. And sometimes job specs, it does deter people. I don't know, definitely it was me anyway. So I went for it and I got it, thankfully. And that was it, that was about three years ago and I kind of jumped beat first into it and it's been an amazing three years. It ticks all the boxes, like I mentioned. So it's obviously variation of stuff, but a lot of it is that it definitely calms my creative design side because a lot of it is communicating a message, internal security, whatever it is, if it's company needing to have MFA and we get to do internal campaigns. So there's animated videos, we do posters, lots of online and offline content. So we also get to create that as well as kind of plan that. So I get to go and do all the kind of probably more boring stuff, if you want to say, but then I get to go off and play with animation software and make cartoons for half of the day so it kind of calms both sides of my brain so it kind of suits me perfectly it's interesting that you brought up that your creative juices and this role is perfect for that because in the previous podcast as well um, I've had speakers who came from a creative background before moving into cyber and I think that's something that a lot of people may not put two and two together when you think about cyber we're not really thinking how can it be creative and what is it about that creativity that merges so well with cyber 
Uh, you definitely need it, and I think it hooks into that what people talk about having diversity in DNI. And DNI is all very topical at the moment, but it, it really is that because you're going to have your hardcore cyber people who are really technical, and this type of job would just totally not be down their path or suit them. And you need the creative people, and for just say awareness and training type jobs, they might have graphic design, might be from PR, marketing, that kind of thing, and. I think one of the main roles or functions that it fits into is that you're kind of there to translate the technical into non-technical, but you need to translate the message, the security technical message to the normal people who probably work for your company. And if you work somewhere really large, like my company, you're talking 67,000, 60, 70,000 people all around the globe who do normal quote unquote jobs. So they might work in HR and finance and legal they have so much on their own plate it's like it's all noise and work like you get bombarded with so much noise of your job you have communications from the company internal external and when you're sending out stuff and being like you need you know you need to put mfa in your machine and you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to be watching out for fishing and it's just it's intense so you need to have the creative people come in and kind of just break it down make it really understandable small bite-sized bits of information and not throwing like technical abbreviations and jargon at people who it's not their job and they just don't have the brain power to translate or to be googling right what is mfa what is uid what is whatever and having to go figure it out themselves so you really do need the kind of the people who think differently to the cyber technical people can take that product that they've engineered or that solution to keep the company safe and you go okay i'm going to take this now and they're going to make it nice and digestible for the normal person who doesn't have to use too much brain power, but they will comply with this, you know, security. They'll follow a policy or they'll, you know, put on 2FA and they will keep the company safe without having to use too much or without winding them up and kind of annoying them as well because there's so much stuff that they have to do. So I think that's where the kind of creative people come in. Maybe make it a little bit fun if you can. Make it so it's not so stern. Try and reward people as well if you can because it's all sort of some of this stuff is optional taking training and consuming content that's going to keep the company safe that you work for. So that's definitely where the creative people fit into it. The technical people definitely have that function and you need them, but you need someone else to, yeah, to just make it nice and nearly like you don't notice it's happening, but you're consuming it and people are adhering to it. And that's where those people come in. Would you say you were security aware before you got into cyber? No. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) When the role came up, What prompted you to apply for it? What was it within, let's say, the job description or was it just the idea of moving into something new? Yeah, definitely moving into something new and something that was new to Galway and I knew was going to grow more. Anything that's sort of at that initial kind of felt like startup phase, even though, I mean, information security has been around for ages, but it was kind of this if I can use sexy as a word like it was kind of Mm -hmm. the dark horse and you know there's all locked doors downstairs into the cyber defense center and you were never allowed in there and it was always like what goes on down there and you you know I mean you never really saw behind the curtain so there was that kind of mystery as well I was like what goes on down there what do those people do only Um, for the cool kids only for the cool kids (laughs) totally for the cool kids I was like I want to be a cool kid so yeah and and you knew it was the start of something and I think I still get that now in a Mm -hmm. lot of the other things that I've got involved with in cyber 
there's a really nice buzz about something that's just kind of starting off because mm-hmm. everybody's really enthusiastic and starting up different kind of groups or initiatives or meetups and it's all very exciting like older kind of industry stuff I don't think you get that so it was definitely the right choice and it was it definitely was that you could see it was like bubbling under the surface and it was only going to grow and even in Galway itself there's more kind of companies popping up all off the time but security aware from the start no not in the slightest I probably would have been one of the oblivious people like definitely not a tinfoil hat be like who's after me sure they don't want any of my stuff you know who'd be looking totally and it is and you get in the door for five minutes and all of a sudden you've got the tinfoil hat on you're like okay they're after us and then your family are like yeah you've changed (laughs) so what's been the biggest change for you since becoming part of the cyber community has been the biggest change I mean the biggest change has probably been a lot of the wider stuff work has been great but I think because of the security and cyber community being um so busy and there's so much stuff going on and I've had opportunities to join different initiatives whether it be Cyber Ireland that my outside of work world the kind of in between you've got work and then outside of work which is still kind of work but it's volunteer stuff and then obviously you've got home that is more rewarding like there's other stuff just going on that I get to kind of dip my toes in and like for example I get to chat to you on a podcast like that stuff that would never have happened six years ago like there was nothing there was definitely nothing exciting enough in my job or my world that anyone would have wanted to (laughs) chat to me about it like it couldn't have been duller like if anyone wants to say oh I want to chat about service delivery I would have been like no you don't (laughs) it's like you go home at the weekend and your your mom or dad is like oh how's work and you're like fine like you literally have nothing to say about it it just couldn't be any more you know monotonous whereas now work is good and exciting and it's you're chatting about the bad guys and all that sort of stuff and then the outside of world the outside of the work stuff the in between as I mentioned there's just so much going on there that there is so much conversation to be had because when something is new as well the industry or whatever it is there's so much improvement to be made or we can all see all of the gaping holes in whatever it is might be like the talent pipeline or the gender pay gap and all that sort of stuff there's so many little gaping holes that there's so much improvement so there's so much for people to do that they want to do because it inspires them so that's kind of the biggest change that there's loads of outside of work stuff that is just fulfilling and rewarding and isn't part of what I get paid to do but I do it because I really enjoy it and that kind of leads to a more fulfilling life which probably sounds a little bit cheesy but you, you kind of have something else to do that isn't work that mm-hmm. you want to do because it brings about change which just yeah gives you a nice warm fuzzy feeling <laughs> very nice and You've been in cyber really for the last three, three and a half years, but you're very involved in the community. You're on the board of Cyber Ireland. You were one of the founding members of the European Cybersecurity Organization. And then you also founded the Cyber Women Ireland. Why are you so passionate about all these initiatives? Or was there a single moment where, you know, you kind of dipped your toes in and you're like, that's it. I'm hooked now. (laughs) (laughs) Hooked for life. Um, I think the initial how that sort of ball got started rolling was we within work have our own internal women in security ERGs we call it kind of a, a group and initially it was kind of funny because we started off and we were kind of put in a room and it was like oh we think you should do this and we all sort of went yeah okay this is, yeah we could do this and then we were like nah we all feel equal and you know we all think we're very balanced in here or we thought we did and then we started sort of started chatting about it and all of a sudden everyone kind of had a story about being marginalized or 
something that happened in college or being passed up for certain jobs or just different things that I think women do face a little bit more or you know maybe being interrupted a lot in meetings or there's a couple of different things that if you listen to any sort of other podcasts or feminist type podcasts the stuff they talk about and you go I think that's happened or maybe being passed up for promotion when you're on maternity leave or there's all these little things that I think if we've spent a couple of years in our careers so all of a sudden we kind of had a story all of, all of us had like an incident in at some point in our lives where we kind of felt you know what that might not happened if it was the other side and just trying to get that women's balance so that was the internal one and then I think it was actually when I was off on maternity leave the EXO which is the European version they were looking for kind of a representative from Ireland and they had one for most of the countries so I ended up getting involved with them and they all have the same pretty much the same mission which is trying to attract more women into cybersecurity. I think on European level it's 11% of women in Europe that are in security so knowing the whole diversity and inclusion piece and the diversity of thought needing more women and then obviously that women fall out of the workforce more frequently due to kind of the cost of childcare and society and they tend to kind of go out so there's that gap as well so that was the EXO one on a European level so they're doing other great stuff and things around scholarships and maybe if it's funding streams to get other younger girls into college and security getting them to participate more in challenges or capture the flag and all that sort of good stuff so they're doing that on a European level I think they've just created their own so I was one of the founding members but they've created a council now so like they're a working group where they're actually doing work on that I know I'm involved in lots of things but actually didn't they asked about being involved with the council but for once I had to say that I just don't have time but they're still doing great stuff on the EXO one and then Cyber Women Ireland so that kind of went through a couple of different name changes and iterations, but it was there for a while. There's a couple of people involved in it. And it was actually a woman called Bonnie Butlin who got on to me. And the, she had seen me mention our internal women in security and she thought it was a one for the country, one for Ireland. And I was like, no, it's actually not an Irish one. This is just for work. And then she was like, well, why don't you lead the kind of Irish version? Because there doesn't seem to be one. So I was like, grand. So that's where it kind of started off. And it's evolved. And actually just in the last while, so from being a part of Cyber Ireland, we did always anyway kind of promote the whole women in cyber piece. But we were discussing it and I brought it to the board and pitched the idea of making Cyber Women Ireland the official women's group of cyber ireland which is great yeah and obviously nobody disagreed <laughs> and everyone went yes that's a great idea um and they did they were, there was a resounding yeah absolutely we should a million percent do it and it was already there so there's a bunch of passionate women that already exist on it but we also want to like i know there's another multiply by 100 passionate and fanatical women about cyber and about trying to get younger kids and girls into stem and feed that whole talent pipeline with extra women as well so if anyone is interested i think in the probably end of january cyber ireland newsletter we will put out an ask basically for whoever wants to be involved in it as maybe a member or if they want to be on the committee or on the board and get involved and we'll have different working groups kind of mission and strategy and there's so many things that we could be involved with that it can be probably as big as we want it to be but definitely if anyone wants to get involved keep an eye for the newsletter and get in touch and then we will kind of officially officially launch it with committee and board and um yeah i am super excited for it and i would love to see whoever is interested because everyone that's there already is yeah really passionate about either like a certain area and we have people from lots of different backgrounds we had kind of a stretch goal when i put it to the board was to do more speaking and more panels and have the more visible role models in Ireland and it was a bit of a stretch goal we were talking about the I wish conference that they have in Cork and Dublin for thousands of girls 
So it was a bit of a stretch goal. We were like, oh, maybe in 2021, we might get on a the I Wish panel and we'll have a cyber woman representing Cyber Women Ireland to get to talk to the girls so they know that cyber is a viable career option for girls. And because we linked up with Cyber Ireland, that has already come true. And actually for January 2020, the I Wish is on and we already have... Fiona Murphy she is going to be on the panel at I wish talking to the girls presenting Cyber Women Ireland so before we've even nearly kind of officially officially launched um, we're way ahead of some of our kind of goals and missions for 2020 which is great so she's going to be there for thousands of young girls talking about how great cyber is a career and it is a, I think it is a great viable career option for for young girls there's so many areas you can go into I don't know if there's many other industries or sectors that have this many like women in security groups like we nearly have too many of them to a point mm-hmm. like there's one in every corner and every, every company has one it's probably in some ways I know there's not that many of us but in a lot of ways you probably as a woman have as much kind of chance or opportunity within cyber like if you say right I want to be in leadership I want to be whatever I want to be you know it's the one probably time it's the best time to get in because you're being backed like even these kind of internal women's groups you know they have funding they have funding for training if you want to go up and get mentors like it's ripe to kind of to jump on any ladder if you want to do it so we'll be there at i wish representing the women of ireland in cyber so yes it's 2020 is off to a great start never too big a goal never there's so much that came out of cyber ireland it's six seven months now since it was launched yep and there's so much more that we're looking forward to so earlier you were talking about jobs being on cyber ireland as well Right. Can you tell us a little bit more about, I guess, this new initiative on Cyber Ireland? Yeah, so it kind of fell under, well, there was two things that kind of merged, I guess. So within Cyber Ireland, there is a talent and skills working group, which I am on. And then at the same time, we were developing a new website and I ended up being both of them because I can't say no to anything. So I want to get involved in my the creative design part of myself was like, I need to not let this website design pass me up and I would like to be involved because if I don't like it, then I'll be kicking myself. So I was like, okay, I want to be involved in that. And then obviously we had the talent and skills. So we wanted it to be a place where people could go and get valuable information. So as you know, people are always saying, how do I get into a career in cyber and what course should I do? Or you might have students coming out of school who are probably hearing and seeing how great the cyber sector is in Ireland. But then it's like, okay, so what course am I going to do? What do you recommend? Where are the jobs, etc. So as you mentioned, there'll be a jobs portal. You can go up there if you're a company or a member and you have jobs in your company or you're representing somebody in your recruitment. You can go on and post your jobs up on the Cyber Ireland website. So as you said, yeah, you can filter. So if I just type in Galway into the search, I'm just going to see all the Galway jobs in one kind of place. And then the jobs are live at the moment. To accompany that, there's going to be a course mapping as well. So we have, and it's growing as well, there is dedicated cyber courses in some of the universities and colleges in Ireland and then there's a lot of courses they're not dedicated cyber but they do have cyber modules and streams within them and that's something we and some of the team guys are working here in Galway they work with the local colleges you know sometimes the colleges don't have the bandwidth to bring on a whole new course or they don't have people to teach them yet because some of this stuff is kind of new so they slowly integrate like one module on cryptography or one module on whatever else so they slowly add them in but as universities and colleges are adding more we just wanted to have have a place that will show mostly the kind of pure cyber courses and then the ones that have cyber in in them it lists so let's say my job is awareness training and communications so there might be courses that will help you get into a job in cyber but the jobs are so wide and varied 
So another part of it, the third kind of element, which will explain the job. So a lot of people might not know or have heard about the NIST NICE framework. So if you Google it, there's a white paper on it, which is very, very in-depth and very long. But a lot of websites have kind of interpreted it and have made it a bit more digestible. But essentially, there's currently 52 job roles in cybersecurity on a global scale and they fit into seven different groupings I think so if you go into each one I think one is like detect and respond one is investigations they all have those type of names so if you go into the one of the area it'll say right there's seven different job types in this there might be an analyst or whatever and you can drill down you go into the analyst role and it will literally give you low level detail they've actually gone into task level which is quite impressive because like i went into my own job and i was like okay that's pretty good i was like <laughs> that's pretty much what i do sometimes but in the next three years that's going to double to about a hundred different types of jobs in cyber and i think even when other people who aren't cyber talk about cyber jobs they just think we all work in the cyber defense center but it's just so wide ranging from technical to non-technical you know even project managers program managers and all that sort of stuff so as a picture on the website people will be able to and it depends what angle you're coming from you might already be in an IT career and you want to transfer over to a job in cyber and you might just be looking for a part-time course in Limerick and you might want to see what's around there so you can kind of jump over to a career similarly you might go and look up what jobs are in Limerick it might show you that there's 17 open analyst jobs in Limerick and you might go right I'm going to take this part-time course and then I know there's loads of jobs in that area and similarly it might help because you might go right that's the sort of area I want to get into from looking at the NIST NICE framework but then you might look and you might live in Galway and go okay there's no jobs in that in Galway so maybe I'll have a little rethink about that one so it's kind of building that picture and as well as people so you might have recruiters who aren't core cyber recruiters so they might just be generalists and it might help them sort of streamline their picture of it I know the career guidance counselors of Ireland I think they're doing a lot of work in the cyber stream because it's grown so much but again like that someone from career guidance maybe a parent of a child who maybe wants to get into it but they just don't know and they're applying for their CAO so you have lots of different people who might want to come and look at it and they're all coming from a different point of their life so it might be like I look at a job and then look at a course or look at a course and see where the jobs are going to bring me vice versa so you can kind of plan out your career because it is or has been for me when people have ever asked me it's like okay so you keep going on about it and there's four million unfilled jobs so how do I get a job and you're kind of left there with your mouth hanging open you're like I don't really know what are you good at so they kind of do need to go and sit down and figure it out for yourself no one can kind of really answer that question for you you need to go what are my skills? What am I good at? What have I done so far? Where am I going? And hopefully the new website with those three areas will help you answer that question. Great. And in future, I'm going to do the same. Whenever anyone asks me, where do I get started? How do I get started? At least now there's a place that I can point them to to say this website is going to give you a lot of information because there's only so much that we can think of. Let's say we can sit down with someone for coffee, but you're going to forget some of the information. You're not going to know what are some of the latest happenings. This is now going to be updated real time. You're going to find out again if you live in Limerick or if you live in the countryside and you're thinking, do I want to move up to Dublin? I want to move up to Cork I prefer to stay closer to home this is going to be a really good opportunity for that someone to help them I guess decide do they move do they stay what are the opportunities as opposed to just searching in the dark and at the end saying couldn't find anything so decided not to pursue because every single person who's interested is crucial for this industry we still have a lot of unfilled jobs jobs stay open there are people who are looking out but anyone who's looking we want to be able to help them with that and cyber ireland also launched the school academy not so long ago yes the schools academy which also is within the talent and skills working group 
there's currently is no cyber security education in schools. Obviously, there's some cyber safety stuff and lots of people do that well. They only just brought in computer science or they only piloted the computer science in the schools. I think it was last year and there was 40 schools in the country. And actually, there wasn't one Galway school on because I checked. So we're just kind of behind them. But like, yes, yeah, so there was none. So we knew that we need to get something into the schools to start it off. So the pilot is going on at the moment. Dublin, Galway, Cork at the moment. So it was one of my tasks, I guess, to go and find uh, content. So I reviewed a lot of schools content from a couple of different places. Some of the bigger players like Sands, who the UK use them, but they have massive funding. I think they spend like 800,000 or a couple of million or a, a lot of money anyway. I think when I brought it back to Cyber Ireland, I was like, don't think we have this amount of money. <laughs> I was like, I don't think the government are going to give us this amount, like millions of millions, mm-hmm. they, they pump it into the schools over there. So I was like, right, when you start small. So I ended up finding what they use in the Australian school system and it's called Grok Learning. So it's the Australian Computer Society, I think is who they are, or Academy. They join forces with five of the big named multinationals in Australia. I think four of them were like the kind of massive banks over there, ANZ and Commonwealth Bank of Australia and a few of them. So basically they funded half of it, the big companies, and then I think Australian government funded half of it as well. So basically all of the kids in national school in Australia get it for free because it's funded mostly. Because the multinationals know that they need the talent coming out later as well. So they know they're going to get the kickback and they're obviously fighting over staff as well over there. And then the government do half of it. So they have a really great curriculum and platform and it's four modules there is some sort of internet safety is the first one it's kind of basic level so younger kids can do that one like first year then you've got cryptography and networking and you've got secure web development so that's the main one so we're piloting them at the moment but it's very good in a sense as well is that it's very much student-led that was kind of part of the semi-concern was like will the teachers need to know about cyber or we didn't want them to be afraid of it or whatever but actually it's very hands-on the kids can do it there's kind of you know emulators and they can script but they can then go and basically correct their own test and it gives them feedback and it'll show like errors let's say in the bits of code and then they can also submit question through the platform like a teacher an online teacher if there was an actual question and a real life person will get back to them so it's all kind of led by themselves obviously if the teacher who's running it it has some sort of an IT or cyber or computer science background I mean that's great but a part of it as well is that each member company it's within Cyber Ireland so we are sponsoring a Galway school and the thing is that we will send out people who work here so while they're doing it let's say their background isn't computer science and they're not that confident people from industry can go out and help the kids in the classroom if that's going to help them through some of it so it's kind of that partnership from the companies and the schools as well so the pilot is ongoing now will be done then and there's loads of other member companies in cyber Ireland who want to get involved for the next round we have some plans for kind of funding streams is that you know maybe it will still be a little bit industry funded but that will get funding from some sort of government body there's the wheels are in motion in that already so we can have more schools do it and it's not fully leaning on industry but i'm like to see they're kind of happy to to back it as well because it's going to come it's going to come back to them in a couple of mm-hmm. years when they go through college and that so it's been a success so far it's great to have them just doing something in school so far that it's even like part of a conversation and then the the kind of sponsoring companies as well a lot of them 
like us do cyber safety talks as well so they can kind of go into the school if it's for the younger classes just do the general cyber safety talk but while you're there and it's kind of part of it like you've real life people talking about the whole women thing as well like you we usually send out a guy and a girl each and there's two of them there so you have real life people so you're like yeah. right this is a person who works in this job they're standing in front of me you're kind of being that real life role model and sometimes we do it as well like you might just talk about your job I might get up and say you know I do this this is my job and actually they do that in the Australian curriculum as well so they have all of the content which might be on cryptography but interspersed in it is like little modules off these very cool hip people who live in Sydney and they look really funky and they're like yeah I work in cyber and they look so even I'm like hey I want to live over there these people look cool but you know what I mean it doesn't look real dowdy it's kind of yeah. sells it as a really kind of fresh cool industry and yeah. um, so they have like it, it is that kind of I can see this person he works in this job for this bank that's something I could do he did this in college and you just start a piece together the picture and even the people who create the Australian content like we've had calls with them and they're open to like down the future they're like you know if you want to properly take this on in Ireland let's say and use their platform they're like we can create these videos of people in jobs but in Irish jobs in Irish companies with Irish people because you're showing them to Irish kids you know what I mean so because obviously they're looking at Australian people going is this a little bit far-fetched because this is over in another part of the world but if you actually Mm. have people who live in Galway and there's Galway kids looking at it that it might seem more kind of tangible and achievable if that makes sense so there's loads that we can do there kind of going into the future to grow that more and um, yeah and getting it out into more schools that is a lot of work and how do you even balance time? Because work itself takes a lot of time and all this, like you said, there are volunteer work. You're doing this outside of working hours and then you've got a family as well. <laughs> how, how do you manage time at all? You need to have that intrinsic motivator. Something has to... Mm. But I, that's part of it being kind of a newish industry and that there's so much to do. It is very rewarding to see it kind of circle back or like... I knew I was part of Cyber Ireland and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is exciting. And then it was like, oh, I'm doing the talent and skills thing. And then I kind of got the schools piece. And within like six months of work, like really quickly, there's kids in schools in Ireland who are learning this. And that was something that was given to me as part of my job. But there's sometimes you don't always get that in your job, that kind of rewarding. And it's how quick it happens as well, which is kind of the whole point of the Cyber Ireland thing. It's this whole collaboration. We have companies who can do so much and we're doing their own cyber talks in their own county to their own local schools. But when everyone does come together, you're getting it on a country level. As I said, there's some kid down in Cork now learning something about networking from course that I picked out, you know, because it was part of my job. So yeah, it, it doesn't feel like work when you kind of see that you're making an impact on like a, on a national country level. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Like there's nothing else I've been involved with that I can say that has that kind of quick of a turnaround or an impact on a country level. That's pretty cool for the CV, you know. For sure. <laughs> and it's a great story to tell to future generations to be See, like, you know what you're learning today? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Is it gonna be, yeah, well, I'll be well gone. They'll be like, do you know my granny bought in cyber to the school? Yeah. That I like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Badass. <laughs> Just to kind of bring it back to what you do on a day-to-day basis. So you got into cybersecurity, education, awareness, and training. What exactly does that role entail? Because for some people, they still may not know. And a lot of companies, smaller companies especially, may not have this function. Smaller functions probably may definitely not have it actually, yeah. So we would run a lot of kind of 
big enough programs that run every year so one of them on the kind of awareness side and kind of crosses both awareness and training is simulated fishing and a lot of companies would do this so you kind of get a vendor product and basically we would fish the employees once a quarter and obviously then if they click on the phishing email they receive some type of training it might be a really short kind of training module and they get fished every single quarter and then you know some of them are bespoke so you'll send specific ones to the finance department that they are more likely to see and then you'll have the executives kind of do really difficult ones for them but I mean they're all totally realistic ones so that's one program that runs all of the time so people now in the company know that every quarter they're going to get a simulated fish but I mean they're getting them every day anyway it is kind of like it's like this is going to happen and this does happen all the time it's all part of a cycle so they get it and then they're supposed to report it to the cyber defense center and then as part of that if they report it correctly we reward them then as well you know we're trying to get people to do it just as part of their duties because they work for the company and to keep us all safe but we also like to kind of reward them so they get a little bit of a kickback for doing it because we obviously have stats on when we started the click rate and then the report rate because obviously your cyber defense center or if you have an it group in your company you're warning them like literally you are kind of that first line of defense you're probably the person who's going to see it first so you need to send it over to them so they can get it and then they can kind of basically block it or black hole it or whatever they're going to do with that email so that's one part of it we also have i kind of focus more on the training side a little bit so we would have mandatory annual training initially a couple of years ago i think they just had like optional training and again we reward people for doing optional training and nobody likes training really you tell anyone about a training course and they just want to cry and close their eyes so we try and make it as fun as possible we brought it in mandated a couple of years ago so they have to take it they just have to take one course once a year and we try and fit in as much information and really like what they're going to see is fishing that's the main attack vector that's mostly what they're going to see on a day-to-day basis so it's a lot around that how to report it how to make sure that they identify it and we do a couple of other things around that like when I came in first some of our other team were over in the states so we obviously have a cyber defense center here in Galway so it was kind of optimal that you have the cyber defense center sitting right beside the awareness and training because it's my job to teach the people and they're the ones seeing all the bad stuff so we started taking real life phishing emails because they were just getting them and blocking do what they do but I was like right well why don't we use the phishing emails that you're getting the real ones and kind of loop it back out to the public so we have an internal facebook type thing it's called yammer connect now i'm assuming a good few maybe bigger companies probably use them so it's just like an internal social media so we have a big group and we have most of the company on the group 67 percent of the company will be in this group so we kind of play a game it's called fish or no fish i made it up i based it on deal or no deal <laughs> I can't really remember why I was like deal or no deal so basically they get to play so we post up the the phishing email we take out any sort of incriminating information that's there from maybe someone who works in the company or an external actor and they get you know the base information so we post it and then they basically have to vote is it fish or no fish and they give like two reasons as to why it is or it isn't but the beauty of it was that we used to play other games a few years ago you'd have to submit your answer on a SharePoint site and it would just go into like a private black hole and if you won you won but the kind of part of it is it's that social learning so like you've got hundreds of people playing the game and you might look at it and you might go oh that's not a phishing email and then you open up the comments it's like Anthony online you open up the comments and then you see like everyone's agreeing or disagreeing and you go god I thought 
So all of a sudden you have your peers teaching you. So it's not in, you know, because we do this enough. It's not our team, you know, shoving, <laughs> shoving it down employees throats, kind of going, do this, don't do this, waggy finger. All of a sudden you have your peers chatting about it and you're going, God, every, how does everyone else know that that was a phishing email? How do, you know, and you're learning from each other and it's not us kind of doing it. So there's kind of a, a snowball effect and then they get to win. Like we'll give them like a couple of hundred points when they can kind of cash them in for or money or gift vouchers so they're doing it they might win something and it is that kind of whole social learning so it's online and it's feeding back the whole loop of this was a real email and kind of just showing them that it's real and it's fun you have to make it a little bit fun they're not going to go on yammer and play a game if it's boring it's all optional so you kind of have to make it light and fluffy and it's that whole gamification thing it's just making game elements out of non-game situations i mean who would have said a phishing email would have been a game so you have to kind of turn it around to get them involved so that's some of it and we run some of them as part of cybersecurity month everyone kind of knows that's every year around october and there's loads of stuff online about that but we do an internal a big program whole month long we spend months planning it my counterpart in the states did like live escape rooms this year so she went to a couple of sites around the states and basically just kind of get that conversation about cyber going so they know we exist kind of know what we do know all about fishing and they just learn a little bit about how to protect themselves and the company again just making it a little bit fun it's all about giving back a little bit and it's kind of an awareness that we exist so we try and incentivize them to come into that group that we have because that's where we sort of push out information like if something is going down or there's some sort of you know a spoof of an executive on whatsapp or something happening that's probably where they'll get it first before we might get out a kind of a global communication the rumors will start on yammer and we can quickly communicate with people there so it's kind of an awareness of general stuff but kind of trying to pull people into our little inner circle so they can get up-to-date quick security information so that's the main stuff just basically train them once they come into the company when they're onboarded kind of give them all the do's and don'ts you know let them know we're going to fish them let them know they have to do training let them know they should have mfa on their devices let them know they should do xyz not connect to this and that wi-fi and whatever else so they're the kind of main programs and then as i said there's the creative stuff so like we create some training in-house we buy some from vendors all the little other snippets of stuff that i talked about like something might happen like let's say there is a spoof on yammer let's say or not yammer on whatsapp of an executor or whatever so i can create stuff kind of on the fly like it might be a quick little animated movie that it doesn't have to go through it doesn't cost us too much but we can just make it in-house but we can push it out to the company really quickly so there's that kind of creative side of it so you have the serious stuff but you have the fun stuff too i see why there's so much creative juices needed in this role because you're constantly thinking, okay, how can I keep this interesting? How can I keep this exciting? And have you seen improvements since the costly campaigns? Yeah, massive. Because when you do it first, the not too hard, not too simple one that goes out first. And that's sort of your baseline. But yeah, the improvement has been massive, mm-hmm. massive from the kind of recurring cycle. And you do, and because obviously when we do things like Cybersecurity Month then as well, like we do get a lot of feedback. Sometimes I'm almost bracing myself for, but actually generally <laughs> we do actually get complimented on it being fun which is good because there is other mandatory training that can be a little bit painful sometimes so it's very much focused on it being quick and light and fun but yeah the stats show how massive the improvement has been which is great and is very fulfilling because it does show that it's working because obviously everyone needs the data and the stats Mm -hmm. and the analytics or else you can't if you can't prove 
But then obviously there's other technical controls always being improved as well. So we can't always take all of the credit because yeah. <laughs> there's many other, you know, technical the products that we buy. And fishing is one of those stats. It's very hard to track because mm-hmm. obviously there's the human behavior side. But then you have so many people leaving companies and entering companies at the same time. So it's not like they're always trained and you're always going to get there. Like it's a constant kind of going against the tide of people coming in and out of your company all the time. Yeah. And then the attacks changing and fishing attacks styles and then all your technical controls changing as well so the number kind mm-hmm. of moves a lot so it is that kind of balance of you know the cyber defense center has done xyz and click rate might have gone up or gone down and is that our team or is that them and sometimes we'll do a campaign and it's like oh well did the numbers go up or did they go down and then something else might have you know there's so many moving parts within cyber that yeah. it's hard to always go oh yeah cool. that's that was us we did the good <laughs> thing that was our team you know or something bad happens it's like no that wasn't us that was <laughs> But in general, yeah, the click rates, the click rates go down Mm -hmm. and the report rates went up, which is the main, you know, Mm -hmm. that's always it. It's like you have to report it. And there's kind of that risk as well with what awareness and training teams do is that because you're fishing people so often and you see this online as well, you see people kind of complain. They're like, I know that's you guys. Like, I know you're sending me stuff every quarter and and, and you get sometimes like people get annoyed by it. They're like, I'm just not going to report that anymore because I know it's you. And, you know, so people get kind of fatigue over as well. Mm -hmm. You kind of need to strike that balance with it being just enough and so they know you're training them but you're you know you're trying that's always that thing with security it's like it too much of it is in the way or it slows things down and like you'll see people some people will comment and they'll be like I know that's you guys and I've just stopped reporting it because you're just annoying me (laughs) when you're phishing emails then if you don't do them they're giving out going oh my last company used to send a simulated phishing email so like you know you're never going to make everyone happy but you do have to do enough but it definitely definitely does work Mm -hmm. and I think one of the most important thing is to keep it consistent because you brought a point there there are going to be people who leave there are going to be people joining the good thing is when people leave they bring with them the awareness of what phishing emails look like they are hopefully going to share that with the new company or people that they meet later on and for newcomers they may or may not know about this if they don't great they're going to get trained if they've had experience before hopefully they bring some ideas as well as this is what we used to do let's try and look at it that way we wouldn't have thought of Galway as much of a place for cybersecurity, at least in the last four years it's changed. But, and in a few articles online, you've also talked about Galway being an ideal home for cybersecurity. Would you like to elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, it is a nice home for cybersecurity. And actually, I did a podcast with the manager of the Cyber Defense Center, Scott, and actually, he put it quite well. So I'm going to recite, I'm going to recite what he said. But he was on about how analysts and people in the Cyber Defense Center needing to remain calm in times of turmoil and stuff. And I hadn't thought about it this way myself, but he was saying how in Galway, it's not as busy as some like bigger cities where people are rush, rush, rush. And there's trains and buses and people and it's hectic and you might arrive to work and you're already a little bit stressed and it's a bit intense. Whereas we have a bit of a slower pace of life in Galway. So you can kind of can just kind of go to work, you know, in reasonable traffic and kind of get here. And because your job as an analyst or a cyber defense center or some other stuff that's kind of fires burning all the time that you can kind of remain calm. You're not already stressed from your environmental factors. And that was a nice way to put it actually as well because it can be stressful in here. So you get to kind of keep that level head. 
But Galway is just a nice city in general. It has a massive tech kind of hub. There's loads of med tech, massive companies. But the cyber companies, there has been growth, I think, where probably one of the largest. But there's also um, IBM. You have Fidelity, Intuity. There's a couple of kind of smaller ones that are in, you know, a lot of companies go into these kind of spaces for startups and those kind of hubs. So you have like Siren and Cyber Scout and Action Point. So there's loads. Like it's definitely bubbling. I know we're on the small side I know kind of Kerry has a couple of common areas as well but like Cork and Dublin are definitely commanding a lot of the bigger companies for now for now I know I always feel like we're trailing I even mm. I was mentioned the Cyber Ireland map and there's like jobs and courses or whatever and I was zooming in and I was like oh, Galway's like trailing there we've only a couple of little pins on Galway yeah. but it's definitely up and coming and even you know we're trying to kind of become more cohesive we we have ITAG in Galway which is the Irish Technology Association of Galway and we hosted a Secure World event there recently and we tried to get all the cyber companies in the West just kind of talking like a bit like you do in, in Dublin with all your events. And it is that just trying to get people together and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you guys are doing that thing. We're trying to do that thing. And can we come in and talk with you, getting the universities and the colleges up? And we've had a couple of different things like that as in now some of our team are talking with GMIT and they're helping them put in, as I said, kind of different modules in their courses and set up like cyber ranges in the college it's all just done kind of because it benefits the company because if the students are learning in college about real world stuff like if they're doing four-year degree and they're coming in here and they're like okay well that's all out of date then that doesn't help the company it doesn't help the student so there needs to be that kind of full circle which is what's happening now and that's only in the last probably like two or three years that collaboration is the guys from here or the gals need to go feedback into the college say this is what you need to be doing now this is what we're seeing and then it, it has better students there's definitely more people talking and coming together in the west so hopefully i yeah, will see more companies kind of put their roots down here soon fingers crossed and i think it comes hand in hand with education piece right if you don't have enough people in this area who are skilled in cyber then you're thinking okay if i'm gonna set up a company here where am I going to get these people? You might have people who are currently working in Dublin who want to come home, great. But then the reality is there really aren't that many people. So everything needs to go together, but hopefully in the next few years, maybe not in a few years, but things start looking up. And what was it? Lonely Planet voted Galway as, was it the fourth? Or it was fourth. Was it fourth yeah. best city, city to visit? To live, in. live in or visit? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, either one is not bad. Yeah, you know? it's not bad. Either it could one be living now, you say it. Yeah. yeah. And we have Go with 2020 next year, which is all kind of like very much about the arts. Yeah. And even like just the Go with Races brings like a yeah. million people. And we have the arts festival during the summer. And we just have the beach and the prom and Salt Hill. And <laughs> what's there not to love? What a you see the city, cool, loads of pubs, <laughs> nightlife. We're just so cool and hip here. But your company's here even if it is visiting or living you kind of get the city life but you can just go five minutes out to Hill and you kind of have that calm and it's not so mental so there's a nice balance well Joanne thank you so much for your time today thank you for tuning in to this episode of the women in security podcast brought to you by Morgan McKinley I hope you enjoyed listening to it my name is Leif and Tan and we'll chat soon